0: from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk This morning I want us to have a look as we continue our journey through prayer. Be assured there are no coincidences, just God instances. As a church, we, uh, we've been making sure, as God would have it, to be ready, to pray, to have on our full armour, to be in his word, to be in his presence, to be drawing near to God, knowing that the promise is that he will draw near to us, knowing that the promises are that he will never leave us nor forsake us, knowing that the promise tells us that he is in absolute control. And you'll remember last week, I'm sure, if you were here, (laughs) you'll remember last week. Of course, if you weren't here, um, then I'm sorry you missed it. I'll go through it quickly. Last week, the Lord, through His Word, encouraged us to look at the source, not at the situation. Incredible, hey? Eh? Philippians chapter 1 were uh, were where we dug out the scriptures what Paul was telling us as the Lord helped him to pen the letter to the churches in and around uh, Philippi so relevant I guess at every step of our Christian walk is the fact that we have to look to the source not the situation because when we look at the situation it all looks terrible On a Monday morning, on my way down the A46 to Leicester, it looks terrible, but I have just a little bit of time in order to just make sure that everything is going in the right direction, that I'm bringing my thoughts, my prayers, and my petitions to God, and I have a nice hour to just pour it all out there. Because he needs to hear, we need to share it, and we need to make sure that we put it in the right place. So at every step of our Christian walk, we are constantly having to tell ourselves to look at the source, not the situation. Because we so easily get distracted by the situation, good or bad. Don't think it's just the bad stuff. It's the good stuff that takes our eyes off the source too, isn't it? It's the good stuff also that takes our eyes off the source. And of course, prayer, as we've said over the past three weeks, is the starting point to making sure that we're coming to the source. Opening up dialogue with God, as we've been discussing over the past few weeks, is so, so important to our Christian health. So, so important to our Christian walk. You might be different to me, but I can be rubbish sometimes at opening up. Maybe it's a man failing. In fact, I know it's a man failing, all right? Don't think you're kidding me, gentlemen. We are terrible at talking, most of us. But it's all about opening up. And I think it's a real necessity if we're to move forward, not to get devoured on the sidelines by the enemy. It's a necessity as Christians to be before the Lord in prayer. And that's what we want to be, before the Lord, on God, against the enemy, against the darkness. And it is a darkness versus light situation every single day of our Christian walk. Don't be fooled by the the sunny days and the ponds with the lilies on and think that everything's just wonderful and plain sailing because the moment that you take your eyes off of the fact that we're in spiritual warfare is the moment that we get knocked down. So we're on guard knowing that it is a darkness versus light situation. And Jesus knew all about this. He knew all about the battle that happens on a day-to-day basis with us as believers. And he had a number of things to say about it, particularly one of my favorite portions of Scripture because John 3.16 is in there. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. A verse that we've got on the other side of that wall Because it's so important to us to know what God has done for us. And if every time we walk into this building, we look at that verse and go, okay, God loves me. And because he loves me, he gave Jesus. And because of Jesus, as I put my faith and trust in him, I have life. I have the creator, the author on my side. That's a joy, church. Amen? That's a joy, Jesus refers to this darkness and light, as we've said in John chapter 3. And he's talking to a man called Nicodemus. It was on the shortlist for one of our son's names. Of course, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I mean, what a name. Nicodemus. I can see goat number three being called Nicodemus. Can't you? If you've not been to the petting zoo yet up in Kexby, um, Colin, Charity, and Steph—I'm sure—we'll let you in on that. That uh, tickets are cheap, I've heard. <laughs> but you see, with this guy Nicodemus, you see, he was in a bit of a, a bit of a quandary. He was a Pharisee. He was a teacher of the law. He was a man who was in the Jewish ruling council. Matthew, how do you know? Well, it says it, uh, John chapter three. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. And of course, because he was a man of the Pharisees, because he was on the Jewish council, it's real difficult to go and talk to the man that's opposing everything that you live for. Often we think of Jesus, he came and he was, oh, it's all okay, come on guys, we can do this and we have that halo and it's all wonderful. Now Jesus came to challenge, he came to challenge thinking and we forget that. We think it's all just uh, rosy, but Jesus came to challenge thinking, and particularly with the Pharisees and the Jewish nation, he was saying, "You are miss, you are, you are missing the point. The whole point. You're not getting it. You're not seeing it. You're a world away from what it's all about." And with that said, Nicodemus and his friends would have been. Jesus is not our best friend. In fact, he's our enemy. It says in verse 2, He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the miracle, uh, miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night because he is frightened of other people seeing him come to Jesus. Don't just think that was when he got a free moment. Don't just think it's there by accident, but rather take it for what it says, that as a Pharisee on the Jewish ruling council, it would have been frowned upon big time to have gone and requested an audience with the man Jesus He knows that he wants real answers. He knows that he desires the truth. He knows that Jesus is probably the man who is going to be able to give him the truth. But he dare not do it in the day. Because he's so comfortable. He's so comfortable in the world that he's got for himself. That he dare not upset it. Think about that for a moment. Because that's a real challenge to us. Because often in our lives, saved or unsaved, we can have moments where we're so comfortable that again, we perhaps don't talk because we're so scared of upsetting the comfort that we've got. Maybe outside of Christ, you will find yourself this morning not knowing Jesus as your own personal saviour. Everything's okay with my life. Don't disrupt it. It's like when my boys are both asleep and Lol and I talk talking like, oh, they're just so wonderful. And then one of them moves. It's like, ah, don't wake up. They're wonderful while they're asleep. <laughs> both feral, I'll tell you now. And the truth is that we're so scared sometimes of breaking the comfort circle that I dare not... And Nicodemus finds himself in that position, and he comes to Jesus at night, cloaked in darkness. But you know what I find remarkable? That Jesus loves him. That Jesus loves on him. Jesus loves him. And Jesus just helps him to start to realize that he might have just been missing things clearly. He says, in verse two, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you were doing if God were not with you. And in reply, Jesus declared, he says, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. Imagine that as a challenge for your opening statement. Well, hang on a minute. Huh. And Nicodemus says, well, as we all would answer, I guess, how can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked, surely he can't enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born. Absolutely true, Nicodemus. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of water and the Spirit. And Jesus says, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. And Jesus just unlocks for him something that's been burning in the back of his mind, not brave enough to to come and ask during the day but he's still in bravery I guess bought this to Jesus but in the cloak of darkness and said Jesus all this that I'm doing seemed right but now I've heard what you're saying and it seems absolutely right and actually the things that I've been doing don't seem quite right the comfort that I find myself in perhaps isn't as comfortable as I think it is and Jesus saying the comfort that you find yourself in is going to send you to a Christ-less eternity it ain't comfortable The devil, or how do you believe that it's the best place on planet Earth? He'll keep you there as long as he possibly can. Why would I want to disrupt that for you? You stay there, pal. And Jesus rocks his world by saying, it's going to get you nowhere. But in actual fact, what you have to realize is that you need to be born again. That a new life has to start that you have to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, not living by rules and regulations, so crowded by the things that you have to do and realize that you need a savior. And I think that's probably one of the biggest failings with, uh, with men. Gents, I'm picking on you a little bit here this morning. But don't you find that we're all all right, aren't we? I've got this. And we're really good at it. We're okay. And I think as Jesus talks into Nicodemus, he's saying to him, Friend, there's a bigger picture. Don't fool yourself. Do not fool yourself. There is a much bigger picture. And comfort will only come, true comfort will only come when we accept Christ as our Savior. Life was getting in the way of the most important decision to receive life for Nicodemus. Maybe you have something in the way. Maybe you've had something in the way for a while. It might be a set of burning questions. It may well just be your pride that is in the way between you coming to the author of life and saying, God, I need you. Jesus then goes on to discuss Darkness and light. I can't skip verse 16 and 17 because they are phenomenal. For God so loved the world as Jesus pours out to Nicodemus. God loved the world that he gave his one and only son, the very man that stood before Nicodemus, that whoever believes in him won't perish but will have eternal life. And if it finished there, you'd go, that's incredible. It is wonderful. But listen to verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Again, the Jewish nature is, if you are not a Jew living by our way, you've had it. And Jesus says to him, no, no, no. God's not sent me to condemn the world, to say you are all done. But rather... He sent me, Jesus, into the world to save the world, as Jesus says, through him. Listen. Take on board this conversation that Jesus is having with Nicodemus. And as Jesus moves on, he says to him, This is the verdict in verse 19. Light has come into the world. Who's the light? Jesus. But men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. I'm so comfortable here. Please don't rot the boat. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for the fear his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly what he has done has been done through God. The first point is this that if you're a Christian, don't think that just because you are in the light, don't be think that because you're in the light that it will never get dark. As Christians, we have seen the light. You've seen the cartoons as well. It's different to that. (laughs) We've accepted Christ as Savior is essentially what it means. We have given our life back to God, knowing that he has given us life in the first instance. And without him, we do not have life at all. That we're on our way to a Christ-less eternity. But the truth is also that life can take hold and darkness creeps in. It doesn't just go from day to night, does it? You notice there's a dusk in between? And it just gets gradually and gradually and gradually darker. And before you know it, the night has arrived and you seem to be in the pitch black. And it's interesting that Alistair used that analogy this morning in the breaking of bread about the young man in the woods. My question is this, church. How do we combat that? How do we combat the fact that the darkness will creep in? Now, we know the word prayerfully. We are looking at the word daily, not just on a Sunday I won't get you to raise your hands and ask you to pick the Bible up in the last three days for fear of you all, and including me perhaps, being ashamed. We're to know the word. We're to pray to God. We're to talk to other Christians. And we're to keep coming to church. they are good ways to combat it. But also there's this. i share a little story with you. During the winter, only a few months away. (laughs) Sorry, everybody's like, no. (laughs) But during the winter, there are odd occasions where I'm the first at work. And when I get there first, I feel obliged, not just to switch the office lights on, because that seems a little bit selfish, but to switch the workshop lights on as well. Now, we have a, a, where I work, in an engineering company, there are lots of machines everywhere, there are workbenches everywhere, there are this huge engineering kit that I know where they are, okay? So I walk into the workshop knowing what the plan looks like. The reason that I have to know is because the light switch for the whole factory is over the other side. Who would do that? I do not know. So I get into the workshop and it is pitch black. Darkness. And I navigate my way. Knowing that's there, I know there's something over there because I saw it yesterday. I know where his workbench is. I know where his workbench is. And I know right to get to the lights and bang, the lights go on. They're like the ones next door. So you pause for a good 30 to 40 seconds while the buzz happens, and eventually light comes on. And all of a sudden, you can see that everything is exactly where you knew it was, exactly where you left it, or where the guys left it. I've navigated all of the things that I've needed to, And how is that the case? Well, what it is, you see, is I know my workshop. I know exactly where everything is. It's imprinted on my mind. It's a mind memory. It's there. And it's repetitive because I'm there often. And I know where the stuff is. And also, my experience of the workshop tells me that that guy who works on that bench will probably have left his lead out. We call those tripping hazards. And experience helps me to navigate my way around that place in order to get the lights switched on. What's the key? Don't forget in the dark What you've learnt in the light. Church, if you are a writer down of notes, put that in the front of your Bible because this is what the Lord says to us. Do not forget in the dark what you have learnt in the light. Because experience, knowing His Word, knowing that God is there for us, knowing that He's in control, enables us to navigate the dark patches of life. And we say, Lord, where are you? Oh, hang on. I remember. I remember that you're here. I remember that you love me. I remember your word. And all of a sudden, the lights start to buzz. And all of a sudden, you start to remember. And we start to focus. And the darkness starts to become light around us because we have experience that says God is here. And he is in control Do not forget in the dark what you have learned in the light. Turn to somebody and say, please don't forget. Don't be cowards, be brave. Turn to somebody and say, do not forget. Because if we do, what happens if we forget? If I walk into that workshop like I've never seen the place before, I will fall flat on my face. I will walk into the first thing. And I wonder why I find myself on the floor. And the key with all of it is prayer enables great muscle memory. It enables great muscle memory. How do I carry on? How do I get up every time? How do we keep pushing forward? Because I spend time with God and he tells me, Matt's going to be all right. Plans to prosper, not to harm. Plans to give you hope and a future. Plans that are far bigger and better and greater than you. Matthew, you're just here to do your bit, so get on and do it. And church, that's what we do. We stand firm in his word. We stand firm, drawing near to God, knowing he will draw near to us and knowing that if we keep plugged into the source, that we know where our help comes from, don't we? Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Where else would I seek my help other than the God who put the stars into space? Do not forget in the dark what we've learned in the light. Believe it or not, my second point. (laughs) The light will always but always reveal the tripping hazard. And 20 through 21, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth will come into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Maybe you don't yet know God personally and you keep tripping up over the same point. You keep finding your questions unanswered. My question is to you this morning. Are you brave enough to switch the light on? Are you brave enough to switch the light on? Because when light comes in, the darkness will expose what it's been hiding. Are we brave enough to switch the light on? Are we brave enough that even though he came in the darkness, Nicodemus came to Jesus to ask questions? And you might think this morning, okay, well, that was Nicodemus and that was Jesus, but here I am in 2018, Matt. What are you going to do to help me do anything? And the first thing that I would say to you is as Nicodemus did, talk to Jesus. And the second thing that I would encourage you to do is come and see me and let's talk about it and let's see what God's got to say. Not Matthew because the word tells me that God can even use a donkey. So come and talk to me and let's get some questions answered and let's help. Let's ask God to help us to discover where the light switch is because once the light is on, once you're in the light, everything starts to become clearer. We learn where the trip hazards are. We ask the right questions and we grow in our walk and we develop muscle memory that keeps us plugged into the source. And you know you have the opportunity this morning, as with every morning, to switch the light on. Such a simple thing. Yet it means everything. So this morning, let's just pray. And let's ask God to help us and to strengthen us. And let's ask God to help us not to forget in the dark what we've learnt in the light. Heavenly Father, we just want to bring our prayers to you in thankfulness. Knowing that you are a God who's in control. We want to thank you, Lord, that we have the opportunity to look and to understand and to study your word. We want to thank you, Father God, that we have the opportunity to come freely to you in prayer through your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of the Spirit. And Father, we want to thank you, too, that as a church, as a family, that we can learn and grow together. And Father, we pray that you might just continue to help us and strengthen us, to bless us as your church. Father, help us to have good muscle memory, to know that we need to stay plugged into the source. Help us to remember all that you've done. Help us to remember all of your promises. So that, Father God, when we find ourselves in those dark moments in our life, that we can remember everything that we've learned in the light. So, Father, as we just close now in worship together, as we spend time over a cup of tea or coffee, that, Father, you might just bless us richly, that we might just get to know each other better as a family. Father, you might just help us and strengthen us and encourage us, we pray. In Jesus' precious name, amen.